to secure the franchise's first title. They waited a long yeah, time. Those long suffering. That greatest trophy ever. <laughs> yeah. Six years in the making. What do you think happened to that cup last night in Vegas? Oh, Holy you, cow. that's a play. If you're going to win a championship, come on. Someone probably married no better that thing place. last night. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Good morning to you. Vince taking the day and the week off. He'll be back Monday. Eric here along with Mike Spaulding, Debbie Lazga, Brandon Snide, and thanks to Greg Pancake Hill for producing the big show today. Uh, so we're going to hear from Dr. Ken Harris here in about 10 minutes. He kind of went off at a Milwaukee Press Club event yesterday, so we're going to play you those comments. Uh, he is a former police lieutenant, of course, one of our teammates at 101.7 The Truth, and uh, he had a moment, so we'll play that for you. Plus, he'll join us later this hour as well. Wanted to bring this to you first, so what would lead a lawmaker to say this? That was some bullshit. Yes, it happened at a joint finance committee hearing yesterday. That was State Senator Latanya Johnson from Milwaukee. Uh, so basically, yesterday was the final committee hearing on the shared revenue bill before it moves on to the assembly floor and to the state Senate. They're going to vote on it today. The shared revenue deal, which is now officially done, done, will move on to the House, to the assembly and the Senate and then it goes on to your local governments. So they discussed this. Are we? Th- yeah. Are, are we thinking it, it goes smoothly today, or are you, are you anticipating a marathon session? I'm surprised every once in a while. Mm. Having covered these events, we always plan for a really long day, but sometimes it's oh, there's going to be great audio, like from uh, State Rep. Johnson there. But yeah. then it's oh, no discussion. They just vote it and pass, and we're good to go. Occasionally, there is a. Grandstanding. A verbal grenade. Yeah. yeah, some grandstanding that'll take place. Usually, I do expect some of that today. Uh, so, Senator Johnson, she's part of the Joint Finance Committee, and she just was frustrated with how Milwaukee was kind of taken hostage, she felt, during this negotiation. We should never use our kids as a pawn. And as grown adults, that's responsible legislatively for this state. We should be ashamed. No, they should be ashamed of themselves. A little bit more from the senator. It is my honor to do what's right by our kids. But I also want to say that that was some bullshit. The Joint Finance Committee going all the way till midnight last night. Again, the state Senate and the Assembly take up the measure today. When will it be in the hands of a sales tax rising commission or, you know, from the county supervisors and the uh, common council? Time will tell. 614, the Brewers take another one on the chin. Brandon Snyder's got it in sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Following their day off on Tuesday, the Milwaukee Brewers are right back in action over there in Minnesota The Brewers led most of the night. That was until the bottom of the ninth with a runner on in the ninth inning with Carlos Correa at the plate. 1-1 pitch. Hit in the air down the left field line. This ball is gone. And the Twins and Carlos Correa will walk off the Brewers and take game one by a final of 7-5. Lane Grindle on the call right here as Carlos Correa knocked out the two-run blast off Devin Williams. For the 7-5 Twins win, Devin Williams not even recording an out in that ninth inning. 
And it just beat goes on for the Brewers, who have now lost five straight games. They will look to end that losing streak later today against the Twins in Game 2. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ, your home of the Milwaukee Brewers, beginning at 11.30. To the NFL, where the Green Bay Packers began day one of their mandatory minicamp in Titletown, ESPN's John Anderson joined 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee's packed lunch on Tuesday and shared some of his thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers dilemma and the lack of blame the quarterback absorbed a year ago. If I have one complaint in the last year about our ESPN people, uh, is I thought we protected Aaron Rodgers a lot and for a long time. And nobody ever just said, I'm not, I am not uh, in any way suggesting the guys washed. Uh, but I think there were a lot of times where he played really poorly. And let's go to the film. Oh, this block was not excused. Oh, this, you know, this guy cut off his route a little bit short. Okay, I think if we went back and looked even at his heyday, there were a lot of those things happening. Day two of mandatory minicamp will commence later this afternoon for the Packers over there in Green Bay. One day after the NBA crowned their first time ever champion, the NHL follows suit with the Las Vegas Golden Knights winning their first ever Stanley Cup. The Golden Knights are going to make that dream a reality. A devotion to destiny. Misfits to champions. The Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in 2023. The first Stanley Cup championship in Golden Knights history comes in their sixth season. The Silver State is home to the greatest silver trophy in all of sports. The call on KKGK as the Golden Knights defeat the Florida Panthers 9-3 in Game 5 to secure the franchise's First title. They waited a long yeah, time. Those long to suffering. Hold that greatest trophy ever. <laughs> yeah. Six years in the making. What do you think happened to that cup last night in Vegas? Oh, Holy you, cow. that's a play. If you're going to win a championship, come on. Someone probably married no better that thing place. last night. The parade down the strip. Give me a break. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Six eighteen. So, what led Ken Harris to go off at that press club hearing yesterday? We'll play it for you next. Got to give a shout out to uh, Vince Vetrano, who uh, is off this week and still um, helped us out, helped get us some tape, if you will. Uh, so he was at an event that was put on by the Milwaukee Press Club yesterday. This was at the Hilton. And there were several panel members there, and they were discussing crime rates and how they can handle and, and cover different situations as, car, as it pertains to violence and arrests and juvenile arrests in the city of Milwaukee. And some of the speakers were Ashanti Hamilton, the director of Office of Violence Prevention, uh, Aaron Lipsky, the Milwaukee fire chief, Nicole Waldner, who is the assistant MPD chief, and 1017 The Truth's Dr. Ken Harris, who will join us live in about a half hour. He was on this panel as well. And they spoke about a whole bunch of things, and Vetrano was there because he was moderating this event and uh, the assistant chief Waldner talked about, like, look, w- one of the issues they're running into is just having short staff. And it's hard to get to calls on time. It's also hard to process people in the courts when you don't have the staff. Not only are we overburdened by calls for service, lack of, like everyone, you go to Noodles and Company and it says you're going to expect to wait longer because they don't have enough employees. I can't put that sign on our door. But the same thing applies, right? And it does for the House of Corrections and the county jail 
And unfortunately, the courts also, part of the reason they couldn't open is because they lost all their court reporters. Right. They had lost their court reporters, so they're having issues at the court. So all of that comes into play when it comes to, well, why was this happening? Why didn't this take place? Uh, Ashanti Hamilton, again, the director of the Office of Violence Prevention, he also spoke. What we want to be able to do is to ensure what it is that our partnership with them can help achieve. And I think that's a more realistic approach to how um, this work should be measured. Um, And then we have to find better ways of telling that story to policymakers uh, who are responsible for funding. Yeah, looking for funding there. Now, one of the interesting uh, audio bites came from Dr. Ken, who is frustrated as a former cop. Obviously, he bleeds blue. And he was saying basically that, look, there's so much that the MPD can do, but it's not just the police that the onus sits on. And we've been spending an inordinate amount of time blaming the police and making the police do things that they literally cannot do. Then go to the homicide after the fact, not before. But yet you expect them to clean up everything. And they can't. Why? Because the people won't act right. And we won't hold them accountable. We keep hearing over the decades that we want the police to work with the community, but I've not heard one person here say we want the community to work with the police. Thank you. The police have to constantly change and move and grow and do all these things, and the public gets to act a fool, gets to shoot and kill each other. Can we protest about the kid, the one-year-old that died, instead of protesting against the police? No, we don't do that. That's Dr. Ken Harris from 1017 The Truth at an event yesterday held by the Milwaukee Plus Press Club. The the doctor will join us at 6.50. I'll ask him about that. Plus, I, I have a couple other questions. Like, what? I do want to get pick his brain about how in the world a teenager's body was not found in a car that crashed until days later at the impound lot. I want to ask him about that as well. We'll do that around 6.50 this morning. Speaking of nightmarish stories... In Nevada, millions of voracious insects invading a town in Nevada, wreaking havoc on hospitals, roadways, and disgusted residents. They're just gross, and they poop everywhere. <laughs> the Mormon crickets have created slick conditions on local highways. And at Northeastern Nevada Regional Hospital in Elkhart, spokesman Steve Burroughs says it's tough for patients to enter the building. We had people out there with leaf blowers, with brooms. At one point, we even did have a tractor with a snowplow on it just to try to push the piles of crickets and, and keep them moving on their way. The bugs travel in massive groups and eat most everything in their path. Experts blame the invasion on dry weather. The state agriculture department expects the crickets will move on in a week or so. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I'm not sure why they're called Mormon crickets. I was trying to investigate that. Technically short-winged katydids that resemble fat, flightless grasshoppers. They grow to be two inches long and eat more than 400 species of plants, so they can be invasive, they can cause problems, and they're everywhere. Everywhere in Nevada. Yeah, you you can stay there. 644 Extra Points with Brandon Snide is next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers lost their fifth straight game on Tuesday night. This one coming off a 7-5 loss to the hands of the Minnesota Twins. The Brewers will look to bounce back later today with Colin Ray expected to get the start. Coverage will begin right here on WTMJ. 
beginning at 1130. Day one of mandatory minicamp and an indoor practice for the Packers on a Tuesday afternoon in Green Bay. Perfect attendance. We've, there's a couple guys that are excused for personal matters, but uh, everybody else is here. Day two of mandatory minicamp will commence later this afternoon for the Packers. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The Oakland Athletics are soon to be called the Las Vegas A's. This is coming after the Nevada Senate voted to approve $380 million in public money for a Las Vegas ballpark for the Athletics. Setting that aside, the Bucks' future in Milwaukee was also once in question not too long ago, saved by the grace of new ownership. Could you imagine Giannis raising that Larry O'Brien trophy in 2021, let's say in a city like, I don't know, Seattle, where the Bucks were rumored to once go? Let that sink in for just a minute. The Brewers, who always seem to be in question with talking heads about their location, have remained in Milwaukee despite the odds and some of the rumors. Sometimes, though, I think as fans... We all lose sight of how lucky we are here, even through those heartbreaking losses that we endure. Oakland, they were once a proud sports city, will soon see their A's leave. They watched their Raiders go to Vegas, and they lost their Warriors to San Francisco. Could you imagine for a second losing the Bucks, maybe the Brewers, the Packers? How about all three? That is exactly what Oakland has and will be going through. The Brewers have struggled as of late. There is absolutely no denying that, losing five straight games and an injury list that always seems to keep growing with every game. The Bucs bowed out way too early this postseason, and the Packers missed the playoffs. But with all of that being said, despite all of those failures, it could always be worse. Much worse, in fact. Just ask Oakland. So the Milwaukee Press Club held an event yesterday at the Hilton, and several members of uh, security, different types of MPD were there. The assistant police chief was there, Nicole Waldner. The fire department chief, Aaron Lipsky, was there. Director of Office and Violence Prevention, Ashanti Hamilton, was there. And Dr. Ken Harris from 1017 The Truth, our former Milwaukee police lieutenant. Ken, do you want me to play this for you? You you had a... You went off yesterday. No, I didn't. Well, I spoke my mind. I, well, okay. I'm sorry. You know, like I'm doing now, going off. <laughs> <laughs> you had something to say. I had something to say. And I'm going to play it. Okay. And we've been spending an inordinate amount of time blaming the police and making the police do things that they literally cannot do. Then go to the homicide after the fact, not before. But yet you expect them to clean up everything. And they can't. Why? Because the people won't act right and we won't hold them accountable we keep hearing over the decades that we want the police to work with the community but i've not heard one person here say we want the community to work with the police care to elaborate no <laughs> so so w- w- one of the things i've heard so i worked 24 years with the city of milwaukee um about six years with state fair park police and the one thing I keep hearing over and over and over, you know, that's like 30 total years, full-time, part-time. You never hear people training the public on how to act, on how to not do things that are criminal so you won't need the police. We always want the police to change. Every piece of training everybody said the police needs. Meanwhile, none of these people do the job. 
None of them wake up every day, get shot at, get into fights, all sorts of things. They don't want. They don't want that. They want what they want. It's that common sense justice, right? Well, it doesn't seem right. That's not the point. You're not acting right. You deserve to be held accountable. That's called jail. That's called a citation. That's called prison. But for some reason, we have this disconnect where the police are to be perfect 100% of the time. And if they're human or show any type of bias, they should be fired, lose their pension, everything. It, it's, it's just ridiculous. There have been efforts, though, right, in the past for MPD and community groups to get together, to ask questions, to meet, to learn. Even, but, but what does that do? Oh, we'll come up with a strategy. But what about logistics? Give me the details. I didn't hear any, any logistics yesterday. Because when you give them logistics, they don't like it. They don't, they don't want to hear that your families are having behavioral issues that are criminal, hold them accountable. It's just like um, drugs and heroin. We blame fentanyl when, in fact, you're a drug dealer, it's illegal. Well, they need help. It's a mental health issue. No, don't lie, because when it was crack cocaine in the black community, you locked everybody up. You had a crime bill that locked everybody up and destroyed families and homes, marriages, but you didn't give them help. You didn't get them mental health help. You didn't put them in a program. You put them in jail, and then you took everything out of jail. Now you want to do the reverse because they look like you, and I get it. But you still need to be held accountable. And until we do that, we're going to continue to have all these issues in Milwaukee. You know, one thing I heard a lot yesterday, too, was the issue of proactivity. You know, when you're a police officer, you're called to a scene right. that has developed already. Right. You're a person that has plenty of ideas. Is there a way to be responsibly proactive in the world of policing? Or is it a bigger issue than just trying to police our way out of a rise in crime? We were doing it. But then the Collins Agreement kind of killed all that. When the ACLU started going around the major cities and just suing people and changing police departments and handcuffing police departments, they became fearful of being a party to a lawsuit where, where juries would disregard the rule of law. And when the officer was acting within rules and procedures and state law, they would lock them up anyway or find them guilty anyway. So now you have this this chilling effect where they go, no, I'm not doing that. And so you don't have you have very little proactive policing. You have very few traffic stops. That is how we find guns, felons, everything like traffic stops are golden. Not anymore. Well, that was one thing I was going to point out, too, was was the idea of traffic stops, because stop and frisk was one thing. And while it may have worked in some instances, is it the only that can't be the only way? Like, do you feel like there are avenues that haven't been explored? Larger picture policing as a whole, or or ways to, and I don't know the answers at all. So that's right. why I'm legitimately asking you. Like, <laughs> there were, there are no prop. There is nothing wrong with stop and frisk. What happened is the department did a poor job at monitoring and documenting who they stopped. Right. I saw that and complained about it as a command officer. Like, hey, like we need to start doing these field interviews so we can start showing we had reasonable suspicion and probable cause to stop people. When they didn't do it, they had a great argument. They just didn't have the data to go with it. And that's what got them in trouble. Dr. Ken Harris, former Milwaukee police lieutenant who has a show on 1017 The Truth. I assume you're going to discuss some of the uh, items from yesterday on your program today, or are you moving on? I'm moving on. Yeah? I'm moving on. I'm talking about logistics. 
Give me some details on what we're going to do. You know, Mike is right. We, we give a lot of talk, but what are the details? Let's get the details in. Thank you, Dr. Harris. All right. Business headlines now sponsored by Old National Bank. Get old. Here is the Milwaukee Business Journal, Sean Ryan. Investors dedicate $12 million to Milwaukee restaurant software company Spothopper. The company's software helps with automated sales and marketing. Wauwatosa's plan commission votes against a proposed Mayfair Road Chick-fil-A restaurant, citing traffic concerns. The project now goes to the city council for a vote on June 20th. More than three acres in Milwaukee's Brewers Hill neighborhood recently sold to two developers who are planning new apartments. One of the new owners also redeveloped the former Shops of Grand Avenue downtown. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.